It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy, with your hosts, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in to a brief spoiler discussion of No Time to Die. Well, I figured since we've all seen it, and I've not talked to either of you about it, could have a little spoiler discussion. Is it on the? Is it available on streaming services now? Or not in the U.S. No, not up here. <laughs> yeah, not up here. Ah, uh, but see, both saw it. Uh, what'd you guys' uh, general impressions? I guess starting with you, uh, Isaac. Well, uh, how many times did I see Spectre? I think I think it was twice. Yeah, I saw it twice too. Yeah, I'd say. Tw- I say twice. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it felt long. Did I told you the, uh, the what what happened during my theater watch, right? Yeah, about the power going off partway through. Yeah, just for you, Eric. My uh, I was in the theater and the power went out right around at the time. Um, uh, Anna D. How do you how do you say her name again? Anna De Armas. Thank you, Anna De Armas. Uh, she was in, in that part when they were in Cuba, and. The power just all of a sudden went out, and people started grumbling, and I went outside to see that, yep, the entire theater was out of power. I'm just like, either somebody blew the circuit, or some somebody hit a transformer outside, which I, I doubt, because I didn't see any other like power that was out outside. And it was so funny, because like, I guess one of the managers came to us, uh, to our theater, and you know, explained everything. Like, it's going to take about an hour to... Uh, to fix, and if you guys want, you can. We have uh, was it passes that give you like you know one free movie. And as soon as she said that, the lights all came back on, and the movie started playing. But it wasn't with the screen on; it was just with the audio. And we right. found out that uh, unfortunately, that's the the line of when um, Bond is talking to M, and he mentions Felix died. We had not gotten that point yet, so it was like, well, that's just great. Oh, oh, oh that's, man. Yeah. That's so it was like, well, this just, uh, that kind of blows, but... <laughs> uh, well, you know, we went on, and so I think ten minutes later, they finally fixed everything, got back to... Actually, like like I said to Caleb, they, they actually rewound, rerounded the, uh, the, the film there. Uh, digitally, I assume. And it was more like scenes rather than like you know the old video cassette like playing backwards type movie <laughs> and yeah no the, the, the film went on and I stayed till the very end and saw James Bond will return Marvel Cinematic Universe style oh I missed that oh that's good that they put that there oh that's <laughs> not MCU style um, Bond started it back in the day. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure in like both Iron Man 3, Thor 2, and Captain America Winter Soldier, they all had like the three of them at their end of their credits uh, said like they will return. Oh, no doubt they did it, but 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 it's been a staple of the Bond series since perhaps the first or second film. Ah, I see. So I'm incorrect on that. My apologies. Oh, you didn't realize. Yeah. It's it's been a staple of the of the, of the Bond legacy. Yeah, they would even name it uh, oftentimes yeah. in the sixties and seventies, like sometimes incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my. I'll pass the torch on to Eric now. I know I didn't elaborate on, but I know you guys will probably elaborate on it more. Um, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, even though I, I kind of knew I didn't know any major spoilers, but I had an idea how this is going to go, and it did go that way, meaning like a finality to this uh, run of Daniel Craig, and that was fine. Um, I really, really liked it. It's hard to, I almost feel like I need a different grading scale when I see particular IMAX movies that are made for IMAX. And I know if I see it that way and other people don't, it's almost like two different things because I got to see it IMAX and, um, I'm a bit of an IMAX aficionado. I have been over the years and once upon a time, mm, maybe, I don't know, it's hard to say. Uh, maybe six or seven years ago and beyond, I mean, and past that, uh, even though you'd see a movie at Diamax, uh, a mainstream movie, and yeah, they'd be big, but they wouldn't necessarily fill up the whole screen um, because they weren't truly shot in Diamax or whatever the case was. But nowadays it's become more common when they do shoot in Diamax that it does fill nearly the entire screen. And this was one of those situations. And, and so that just... God, that already pads the movie so much because it's already a surreal experience. Uh, so I was already blown away because I don't remember seeing the previous Bonds in the, uh, the Craig era in an IMAX format. So I was still grappling with that throughout the movie, like how amazing that was, how incredible that was. Even though it is a long movie and it feels long. No, it felt long like when I got out, like, whoa, it's been a while. But I was... It, the, the pace was perfectly fine for me. Um, I guess there are natural lulls in the movie, but but I, I never felt like I need I need something else to happen. I was just completely in the moment, completely taken away for the entire runtime. Um, yes, you can see ways like, oh, Bond could have got out of this, or there could have been, like, why didn't the, uh, the EMP pulse from his watch, like, kill the nanobots? And, and like, there's, like, there's so many ways you can wiggle out of it, um, but to me, it's like, no, nah, it's okay, because I'm okay with where they're going, and, and I'm okay with them ending it the way... Because for me, now, a week or so later, looking at, looking at the reviews of the people who are unsatisfied, um, it seems like there's a, there's a segment of the hardcore fans who are just pissed by the simple idea of him being killed off, um, just the idea of it. I'm not in that camp at all. I think it's cool to um, to get something new, like to experience a new scenario or feeling within the voluminous uh, Bond franchise. Um, just like and okay, and another thing is uh, usually I'm on the up and up, and I know who's scoring the next Bond movie. It, it was mostly Mr. Arnold for like the last twenty years, and there was times when he did good things, but there was times when his was too electronic and 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 technically and poppy um and he's usually been the, the standard uh until like the last three 
Um, I I completely forgot Hans Zimmer had scored because I knew that when the movie was supposed to release last year, I knew it was Hans Zimmer because I knew he had collaborated with Billie Eilish. I completely forgot. So I'm just watching this movie going, who's scoring this? Holy crap. They're doing all these throwbacks to John Barry. I'm a big John Barry fan. He scored uh, the bulk of the original um, uh, Bonds with the, the Connerys and the Moors. Um, and I heard all the, the callbacks in the score. And I was like, who's doing this? Like, I like when they do that, but they haven't really done that too much in, in the last 20 years of Bond. And then to think it's Hans Zimmer, because you know he's the guy these days. And the fact that he did do that and incorporate all that music, mainly from uh, the 1969 on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is one of the best classic Bond scores. And so I was yep. completely wrapped in the nostalgia the way they wanted me to be. God, they bust out the uh, the Louis Armstrong song, also from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And going back to, you know, breaking the mold, like with Killing Bond, um, you know, on Her Majesty's, a lot of people overlook it because it's the Lazenby and, you know, people don't like, what? What's that movie? But that's always been one of my favorite. I'm not the only person in that camp. That's like one of our low-key favorites, me and a certain segment of Bond fans. Yeah, me too. And that, that movie has always been so emotional and it breaks the mold. And it was like a one-time thing because they did it then. Because Bond gets married and his wife gets unexpectedly killed at the very last moment and it's it's whoa it's like oh my god there's real emotion in a bomb movie for the first time and then we don't ever really see that again until maybe when felix Leiter dies in uh um in the timothy dalton movie um that's like i don't know there's not much else like when you lose someone or something like that in a bomb movie uh and so to do that with this and to play the song we have all the time in the world and it, I was just completely there for it. I'm glad they kind of had a way to end his run. Um, some some people like how the other Bonds have left open-endedly. I know I don't I don't think we need to keep doing that at all. Um, and then to close out my initial thoughts, uh, I'm very curious what they're gonna do with the next film. And so I also specifically stayed deep into the credits because. It actually goes all the way to the end of the credits and fades to black and then fades back in and says James Bond will return. And I, and I was, wow. I wanted to take note that it literally said James Bond because I thought, are they going to continue in this timeline and react to Daniel Craig Bond being dead and then either continue with our, uh, our our 007, or I mean the one that presented the movie, or they're gonna like have a new male 007, but continue the same timeline. But it, but if they say James Bond will return, then does that mean there's gonna be some type of refresh reboot, and we may not ever see all those characters again? Will they do like they did with M, where she sort of crossed over from Brosnan to Craig, even though that's it's like two separate universes? Um, or will, I don't know, some cheap cop-out where someone actually assumes the name James Bond and no, that doesn't make any sense. But what do they do? And then let's say they go with a, a refreshing, rebranding, like, you know, reboot. But what do you do then? Because it's like the Batman series. You've already done Batman Begins. You can't do Batman Begins Begins again. So do you pick up... Because they already did that. They already went through the whole arc of a of a fresh bond to a seasoned bond to a retired bond if you're gonna now revisit him 
I don't know. I don't know what you do. Did you pick him? He's two years into his career. He's just in the middle of his career. Do you go back and make something a little bit on the campy side? Or not campy, but maybe Marvel funny just to make it different and not make it so dark and gritty? Uh, in the past, Bond had a... They always would oscillate back and forth. Only with Craig did they consistently stay mostly serious. Although I've been rewatching the films lately, the Craigs, and <laughs> Quantum of Solace sticks out as the most quippy for it. It stands out in a weird way when you look at the Craigs. Yeah, they get real quippy in that movie. That movie's so dark. <laughs> yeah, like the the context of it's so dark. You have the stupid humor there. Yeah, it was like a little laugh machine in uh, QoS, <laughs> which I never really noticed before until yesterday. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I mirror many of those thoughts, especially the Honor Majesty's Secret Service thing. Again, that's one of my favorite Bonds as well. And so all the callbacks were just immediately pulling me in, and the music, yeah, absolutely love that. And I, I, can, I can see the point of view for some people of being disappointed that they killed him at the end. It kind of takes away the uh, immortal quality of Bond. But he, this was all about breaking him down and making him more of a human, so I, I felt it was a good end, and I liked having the kid there. Kind of like the legacy lives on, in a way. So I, I thought it was a really satisfying end. The only thing I didn't care for much was the Rami Malek. Is that it? Is it Malik? I, I don't know. I didn't much care for his villain. I just... I, I thought it was too underdeveloped, and I felt like his motivation was a little bit too all over the place. Like, I didn't fully understand, like, first he wants to kill Spectre, then he wants to, like, kill half the population or something, and I was like, what the fuck? But there was still some, like, amazing uh, kind of travelogue elements, which I always appreciate. Some really cool action sequences, like that forest scene. And, again, just, I, I kind of felt Craig was checked out during Spectre, but I felt like he was all in for this movie, so I really appreciated uh, uh. seeing him one more time. Uh, what were you going to say, Eric? Oh no! I was, no, I, when you were talking about, I agree with the villain. What you said, although I guess he was looking at himself as almost like a like a Thanos character, like he's like in his mind he's benefiting the world or something. As long as he's in charge of it, like the you know, uh, I suppose. But it, it was that was neither here nor there. The fact that he happened to be like a weak villain. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't about him, right? Yeah, I don't know. The nostalgia still works, um, even if it's like almost bordering on fan service. Just the opening credit scene montage over the Billie Eilish song. There was like all callbacks to all the Craig movies, but then I mean, it starts off like Doctor No. If you're just like a big hardcore fan, just uh, all the Easter eggs—they always work for me in all the Bond movies. This one's rife with it. I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah, and I will just comment, because you were saying, what's the future going to look like? Well, for a long time, I've wanted Bond, I think it was Tarantino who first suggested it, to make a 50s movie, go back and just adapt Casino Royale directly from the book. Oh. I would uh, love it if they did that, just go back. Because that's the only way, I mean, they keep doing the thing where they're like, oh, Bond, you know, you're so outdated. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if we moved away from that and just went back to the 50s where his time kind of fit. <laughs> oh my god, that's a brilliant idea, you bastard. That's a brilliant idea. That would be... Ah, that would actually make a lot of sense. And see, and then... But see, I, I got a little scared in my own mind because I started thinking about 
what do they do from now going forward? Almost like in comic book terms. Um, but I don't want to actually think that into reality, which I was thinking, oh, they could, it, it's almost like a shared, not a shared, a shared multiverse. Uh, like I was thinking, oh, they'd make a sequel that would continue this storyline and this what if Daniel Craig died. But then there, I was like thinking there'd be this alternate where there's this whole different guy, Cass's Bond and, and M and everything. And then there would be two separate franchises. And, and I was like, oh, like it, wow. it really makes sense in our modern world. But then it, it's when you actually think if that was reality, it seems like that'd be terrible. But what you're suggesting if they go back to the 50s or the, even the early 60s and set it as a period piece and start anew and go from there and, like, you know, do a series like that, you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, like it's, that could be... They could even use the same titles because most of the movies just adapted the books, just the name and the name of the villain. The whole plot was completely different. I think that's so. an incredible idea, but I think it's the kind of thing that they would do one... And if people even hesitated or bellyached too much, they would just stop and then go right back to modern times. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Oh, that would be amazing, though. That's the best idea. I, I would be so in favor of that. Um, yeah, and I mean, um, the Kingsmen—they're—they're they're going back to World War One. So, if that's uh, successful, maybe the Bond people will look at that. But hopefully, I got my fingers. I'm crossed. all with your idea, or you could still go with my stupid multiverse idea and have the uh, <laughs> the throwback timeline, and then continue on with the modern stuff. But it goes like a whole woke different way, uh, and we keep all the same. We continue all the characters from the Craigverse, and uh, <laughs> and then again thinking about comic books, and then thinking about what they do with like Call of Duty video games. I was thinking they could do like <laughs> this is so stupid. It would be like uh, it'd be like Bond twenty forty one, and then the little girl's now grown up, and then it's like it's near future uh, science sci fi. So that's going the complete opposite direction of what you suggested. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm gonna pretend like I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, but I I don't have much more to. Was there any f favorite sequences for you guys? Like I, like I mentioned that forest scene, I quite liked, but all the Cuba, Cuba stuff. I was gonna say Cuba, all the Cuba stuff. I I thought was super duper fun, especially that actress whose name I don't remember from Knives and Out. Thomas. Yeah, apparently he he got her into the movie just from. Apparently Craig just said after working with her in Knives Out, uh, I want her in the Bond movie. But doom, there she was. Um, I. I actually quite liked the uh, the idea that we had this super long extended opening, cold open that lasted 30 or 40 minutes. Um, hmm. I actually liked the car chase business in the, uh, I forget the name of that unique town in Italy. Uh, but um, I, yeah, I was, I was in it mostly for that. I liked all the other sequences too, but that one was the one where I was just like, oh boy, I am so in here for this. And yeah. Oh, you, Isaac? Funny how you bring up uh, Mr. Hans Zimmer as the composer for this movie because right when Bond and other 007 were. Oh, what is it? Right when they were in the big, like, culture tank of all the bacteria and nanobots, 
Mm. Um, there was I I swear on my life I heard a piece from Rises. Oh, there's there there was little things that reminded me of Rises. Uh, yeah, and other and there was other little bits because again I, I completely forgot it was Hans Zimmer, and I thought oh this is weird that there's like some pieces some bits that remind me of Inception because I was like that's weird for for Bond to you know copy that even a little bit but then oh Hans Zimmer oh never mind makes sense yeah there were some rises bits I think um, there were some bits with some, with some really deep horns or strong thundering horns that was used like five times in the movie and I, I took note every time I loved it and the themes are very similar to Rises as well because it's, it's a similar um, arc with those three movies and these five movies which is the main character um, were you guys disappointed at all that they never brought out the real kind of 007 theme throughout the movie oh I forgot about that I didn't actually notice that I kept waiting I was like I was like, ah, it's, I mean, Daniel Craig era, they've really pulled back, especially after Brosnan. Brosnan just ruined the theme with how much they'd overplay it. But they never played it once, so I was a little bit let down by that. I mean, they brought up a lot of other themes that really worked, but... And they would do it, like, subtly, but it was never the kind of full piece. I actually... See, I actually didn't notice that. I actually noticed something else. Because they were doing the throwback thing of the John Barry stuff... I absolutely love the John Barry alternate James Bond theme. Dun, 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 oh, dun, me too. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're going to do this. Come on. Like, if you're going down this road already, let's do it. And that, so that hurt me much more. I was waiting. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, From Rush With Love is another one of my absolute favorites. So I was like, oh, they got to bring this in here at some point. And just, no, never oh, did. <laughs> such a perfect time to bring it back and... God, that thing's on ice forever, and it's like the coolest theme aside from the iconic one that everybody knows. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that hurt me more. Uh, <laughs> one other thing I was gonna say that Doctor Who fans will understand, classic Doctor Who especially. This also got like a bump up in my rating than what it would have been because it was like a. I was thinking, man, this so much feels like a. A regeneration story when you know it's a regeneration story and you're going into it and you know there's gonna be some finality but you're watching that regeneration story for the first time so you don't exactly know how it's gonna play out and mm -hmm. the way it ultimately ends up um i was thinking man this is caves of androzani for me uh, i saw a lot of parallels uh to that in particular and there's a lot of un like not parallel i don't know what you call it things that are not parallels but there was enough that this felt like caves to me and like i was saying earlier yeah you could nitpick and come up with all the ways bond could have still saved the day and not died and and just like you can with with the doctor who regeneration story but that's not the point because the point is it's got to end somehow so it's got to go with it um and I, i'm perfectly fine to do that to uh, to go on the emotional ride so, yeah, right, yeah. right there with you. I could just see him doing that stupid glowing that they do in New Who. <laughs> like it definitely felt like a regeneration. But I don't know. For some reason, the bat's milk and and, and the the, <laughs> the Heracles thing and, and the way things worked out and like like when the doctor realizes like oh I'm like this is it and I gave you the medicine. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, but without Perry's uh, wonderful set of, uh, you know, to distract us. Oh, calm yourself. But. Calm yourself. <laughs> oh, but I guess we should start this movie up. I just wanted to get your guys, because I've been excited about the movie, and I haven't really had anyone to talk to about it. So. No, that's fun, and I haven't had a real chance to really talk about it with spoilers until now. Oh, yeah, um, Bond dies. Spoilers, everybody. <laughs> Were you okay with that, Isaac? I was disappointed because, like I said, uh, there was a lot of rises in this film, and I was expecting him to be mm. on the Sunnyside Beach with, um, uh, <laughs> uh, was it Joy or Love? Because that's where I know her from, because I never saw Knives Out. I think it's, was it Joy? Because Love's, the, it's, Love's Jared Leto's android, and yes, that's what it is. Okay, so it's Joy. Oh, are you talking about Blade Runner 2049? 2049. Oh, I didn't remember that she was in that. She was oh, in that. get out of town. That's That was her? That was the thing that put her on the map. That was like where I first... Yeah. Hey, I haven't was... seen it since the theater. Oh, get Dude, that's out like, of here. you know... Is why she like... Look, like she looked pretty in that dress, but like I already seen her um, not in a dress, so it was just like... Just staring into those like wonderful eyes of hers was, was just... Touching oh my cat. god! Oh, yeah, and so- I liked I liked that they were kind of playing her like just like an old school like Roger Moore era kind of dumb agent. I did, and I like how she turned it around. I I, I thought that really worked. And I Bond, agree I very much. I was uh, and as everybody else's I think mentioned online or wherever, it's like yeah, I wish she was in the movie more because she yeah. seemed capable. It's like yeah, well, I wish she was in there. Um, what else? I got funny that you mentioned. Uh, what is it? Um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, just because your 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 bud there, uh, Caleb Oliver Harper, uh, loves that film a lot as well. Oh yeah, I forgot he did all the Bond stuff. Yeah, it's been a while since I listened to his stuff. Yeah, he did all the Bond stuff, so he enjoys that stuff. But I, I guess just to quickly end it is um, for Eric of like where do they go from here? Give Chris Nolan rain. I want to see what he can do for like one Bond film. Mm. And we already have yeah. Hans Zimmer there, so it's just like those two work well together. Like, come on, let's let's see Nolan what he would do. I mean, I don't know if he could do it now that he's done everything with Batman and then he did a lot with Inception and then just with Tenant last year. So I don't know I, what else he could possibly do, but I'd be willing to see it. I okay, I would love that. I would so love that. But I feel like that ship has sailed. And I think they got close at one time where it was almost going to happen for real. But I think that ship has sailed. And part of the reason why I think is because um, when they're going through the the Craig era, so when it came out in 2006, it kind of sort of set the standard at that time for like the whole action movie thing. Because even though Bourne was popular at the time, uh, I, you know, I think Bond was superior. And the same thing, even though uh, Mission Impossible was was having a resurgence at the same time it also even though those movies are fun they don't have the same time same type of consistency going through like with their different iterations uh they, they still feel a little bit disjointed like um so quantum of solace was a misstep but i'm not talking about in production wise execution but once they got to skyfall i think they were they were like we're 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 gonna emulate Nolan's style in our own way with our own with other filmmakers and other cinematographers. So with the last three Craigs, they basically did enough to emulate the Nolan style that you almost don't need Nolan anymore. Or if you got Nolan, it would just 
you wouldn't it wouldn't have the impact it would have and so it i don't know it just seems passe at this point like it doesn't really make sense um to try to do that because they've already emulated it so well themselves um why and then again speaking of the future whether they go throwback or who knows what i wonder if they're going to stick with this uh nolan-esque style that they've already cultivated because i kind of feel like they'll go a different direction uh but i don't know yeah i've seen a lot of old school fans complaining about how serious and um more real world focus that these movies are i think they want some fans at least want them to go back to the fantastical element of bond so maybe they'll answer those people's calls yeah, they so want that action adventure like like almost like how the indie movies are but not going full indie but just you know yeah i don't know which i don't know i don't know i like the dark serious um things like psychological takes to unravel and, and think about but uh, i don't know i get the other argument too yeah well but i guess we can i guess we can turn over to kong now so i'm not sure if we all have much no more time to, to say, die but... more like no time for me to watch it because the movie keeps like turning off for me to watch <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Never said that last <laughs> i didn't come up with a better line than that it's trash yeah that yeah. sucks uh, it's happened to me the power's gone out maybe three times in my movie watching life, which is kind of long. I can't remember what movie it was the last time. It was more, re- uh, but it was during the digital era, uh, uh, and I remember. So the power came back, and it was similar to what you said. Like the movie played with sound and no visual, and they kept trying a bunch of different things to try to reset it. And eventually, I remember they just had to reboot the whole, the whole thing. Uh, like you would a computer and then once they did that you know then it was okay and i just remember thinking that's just so weird that you know that's what has to be done like with the because obviously in the old days you just put the switch back on and you'd be right ready to go with the film but whatever then again though there was i remember mishaps with the with the analog film uh i was a child when i saw gandhi at the movies in the middle 80s and that movie's really long, uh, and it has an intermission in the middle. And I remember we came back from the intermission, and when they started the next reel, the film was actually upside down. Um, and I remember it took a really long time, because I think they have to go back and, like, I don't know, rewind, or, like, you re-spool it or something, I don't know. But, I, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing that happened in the old days. <laughs> well, that's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs>